Hey guys, welcome back to Vibes by Alicia. We are here talking today a little bit about travel. I think one thing that uh, you will realize as we go along with this podcast is that we're going to touch on topics on business, topics on travel, and also style, fashion, a little bit of um, something that I really love to do is just to help women to feel better in different um, ways that we can do that um, through clothing. And one of the things that I'm most interested in right now is, um, sustainability and how we can reuse. Um, and something that I use a lot right now is renting. So I'll talk a little bit more about that, but today I wanted to talk about a recent trip that I took by myself. I usually travel with my husband, Rusk, who's here with me today. Hello. And, uh, if you all know me, Rusk and I go everywhere together. We do everything together. We're pretty much together all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Especially now that we're both unemployed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so one of my podcast episodes that I'm going to be doing is um, talking a little bit about how um, I've transitioned from a full-time job of many hours to being home and uh, taking care of my boys again and taking care of Rusk again because I feel like I neglected them for a while. But nah, you're always around. <laughs> but now I'm a little bit more. But we like we like having you at home. Thank you, babe. I like being home. So I wanted to talk about a little trip I took. Uh, it was a five day trip we took to Guatemala. Right. We first started in Guatemala, and then we went to El Salvador, right. Guatemala, because yeah. Ross corrected me the other day. <laughs> don't sound like you don't yeah. know how to say it. Say yeah. it correctly. Um, and I was invited by my friends, two friends that one um, was born there in Guatemala and the other one that is from El Salvador. So I was excited to join them. Like I said, I haven't been doing anything in a while. So I felt like maybe that was like the perfect opportunity to get me out of my my uh, slight little, not depression, but um, just a moment of sadness just from the business and closing all of that. But I'll talk more about that later. Um, so before we get going on this trip, I just want Russ to kind of tell me a little bit about how you felt when I told you I was thinking about heading over there. Well, so, you know, the initial assumption for I think most people when they decide to pick a place to travel is always is it safe. And, you know, it's I've like Elisa mentioned, we've traveled to a lot of places around the world over the years. And some of the places have always been kind of sketchy. They've been in the news. We've been to a few places that were in the midst of riots or protests. Yeah. And the media has always done a wonderful job of sensationalizing a lot of this stuff because we've ended up going there and they yeah. find out it's not as big of a deal as they portray it to be. So, you know, obviously living in the United States, the countries that Elisa had just mentioned, El Salvador and Guatemala have been in the news a lot lately mm -hmm. the immigration issue and obviously the drug trafficking and also the, the large gang presidents in El Salvador with MS-13 and the 18th Street yeah. Gang. And so initially when you mentioned that you want to go to a place like that, the first, mm -hmm. the first reaction or first thought is, is it safe to go there? Now, you know, it's it's one thing when you decide that you wanted to go to Egypt and to Cairo and it's 20 million people and there's a protest yeah. on a square block and that's a metropolis and you can probably get away from it easily. But but where you planned on going was to the countryside. And then what you see in the news is most of the folks that are traveling to the United States yeah. are traveling through the countryside or through the main roads. 
And you just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. Not that I was necessarily worried. I just wanted to have a better idea. So, so what did you experience out there when, when you, when you decided to go to Guatemala and Ecuador? You know, I thought about those same, same things that you thought about, you know, the, the perception, I guess that, you know, uh, we have here in this country that, you know, the people who come from Central America are, you know, drugs, you know, they come and they bring in, you know, how, you know, we've heard it before with this president, you know, they bring in their crime and and criminality. And, you know, knowing the people that we know here, we know that is so far from the truth. We know that they bring in a beautiful culture, food, um, beautiful values in terms of family and how they, they react. So for me, having going there was really a way for me to see um, in my own eyes, right. you know, what it really is and right. how it really is, you know. And, and you knew that from experience for traveling yeah. all these years that for it's sure. always over-sensationalized. Sensationalized. Yeah. And I think that's well, because why they're trying to sell stories. They're trying to sell stories. Yeah. Exactly. That's their job. So I didn't have any reservations about you going out there. Yeah. And so I was kind of, you know, I, I knew that it probably wasn't as big of a deal. And what I always, you know, what I always tell people is that you just have to learn to fit in. Yes. You know, don't do dumb stuff. Yeah. And, you know, don't try to get attention to yourself. No, and follow the local follow guides. The, follow local guides. See and, what, right. you know, go exactly. with what they say. And I think for me, you being the person that sort of took me around the world when we first got married, <coughs> where I had not been anywhere, you know, and the way you sort of said, you know, for me once when I said, oh, I don't want to go to China. I think it just sounds like it's just ugh, dirty and polluted and, uh, you know, crazy. And you're like, you don't know that until you go and you need to right. figure that out on your own. Right, when you get right. there. And I remember on the flight back, I said to you, oh, my God, I can't wait to come back to China because this was something that was, in my eyes, so just eye-opening and just how wonderful and how amazing the country, the people, the food. Um, Yeah, of course, every country has their city sides and their, you know, swarmy, you know, people. But honestly, I felt, wow, how silly of me to think those things. Right. Well, we always say that Texas is by far the most dangerous place. Here, right. you know, said, you know, somebody at the at a near intersection, they'll follow you home and try to shoot you. Yeah. Just, just simply by having well, a road rage at you. Statistics, right? you right. know, statistics. homicidal and, statistics. And, and you don't find that kind yeah. of range anywhere else in the world. Absolutely. You know, you know it's, it's obviously something that's embryonic here in the United States. So I noticed when you were out there in yeah. El Salvador, Guatemala, it's actually very, the geography is very beautiful. Oh, it's, it's formed, it seems gorgeous. to be as a, as a, uh, a a series of volcanoes yeah. that, that formed as, as a series of volcanoes that formed that uh, that that part of the world, yeah. and so I think it's very underrated. Obviously, you have Mayan civilization out there that mm-hmm. dates back for fifteen hundred years, but it also seems like the beaches are something that are very. Uh, they're undiscovered undiscovered, they really are because i don't think a lot of people have gone down there in terms of of tourism i think now it's starting to open up a little bit more but i did i really realized that even flying in it's such a lush beautiful clean you know country where the the people are really taking care of it and they are very proud of their country and very proud to show it to you they want you to try their food they want you to go and shop their markets 
they are such happy, proud people that when you think about it, you know, why would they want to come to this country when they have something so beautiful right. and unique there? You have to delve in a little bit more into their economics and their right. situation the and why exactly right. insecurity and why they feel that way. But I had also been uh, following the new president of El Salvador, you know, who right. has a big social media following, a big, um, I guess, presence, yeah, right. out there where he's really motivating younger people, other people to come and see, you know, some of the beauty that he sees there. And he wants to promote the economy of his country. How do we promote it? By bringing people in to see it. You know, right. we got in there. I mean, the first thing we did was we went into Antigua, right. which we actually you fly into um, Guatemala City, right. which is the capital. And then from there, we did about an hour, two hour drive right. to Antigua, which is a really beautiful, small colonial um, town that has such beautiful colors. Right. And um, it was actually pretty busy in terms of tourists. Like right. It was a lot of people there. But they had coffee shops, bars, right. you know, where we stayed with such a really um, amazing little hotel in the middle of that that whole centro, which is right. what is considered. It was so sweet. It was really nice. Um, you know, don't have high expectations of five-star, sure. you know, accommodations, but that's not what you go there for. You right. go there for the culture and right. the feel, right? Right. You, yeah, you go there for the culture, you go there for the feel, you go there for the... For learning. For learning the people. Immersing right? yourself just, into just it. Just like traveling is. everywhere else yeah. in, in the world, you want yeah. to know how other people live and how they exist. And... And uh, so I had noticed that when you were in Guatemala, you were in a small town. What was mm -hmm. the name of the town again? Yeah, Antigua. Antigua, right. And then it seemed like it almost like was taking you back into time. To the it early does. Spanish colonial time. Right? Exactly. Right. Which really gives you a good perspective of how Spanish colonialism affected so many countries right. in Central America, Mexico. You know, right. you and I have been to so many, so many cities in Mexico where, you know, we see how... You know, there's a lot of that influence in the architecture. I mean, just just looking at their cathedrals, right. you see, you feel like, oh, my God, I've yeah. seen this, you know, Baroque um, style, you right. know, that sort of thing. So it sort of gives you like, wow, perspective of how far right. the Spanish came. Right. Um, and also how so many of those um, little countries have maintained indigenous roots, indigenous cultures. A right. lot of those people still speak their own dialects. Right. You know, and so I think that's super cool. But, you know, it was so funny because I remember walking around and being in that little town and thinking, oh, my God, I would need to tell Russ, you know, about this because I think he would love this place. Right. You know, we've sort of gravitated to those little places as we travel. And so tell me about the border between Guatemala and El Salvador. Yeah, so there? we took a little drive. We hired a driver. Carla was amazing. If anybody wants a, a recommendation on a driver down there, I think she's amazing. I could definitely give you her information. She um, secured her permit, made sure her car was in order. And it was maybe two and a half, maybe two and a half hours. Um, and getting there was really easy. There's a custom, and I think you go into customs, and there was a person there. He was just asking us, you know, the basic questions. What are you here for? Right, right. Are you here for, you know, visiting? Are you? Yeah, you the were, customary questions. Yeah, customary questions. Uh, we were there for visiting, and, of course, Yanez, my friend, wanted to see her family, so, so we were going to see family. It was very, very non-eventful 
easy, quick. They were super excited. Like, wow, we yes. get to see these girls coming right. through this yeah. little town, right. this little border. And you know, they're. And you also went through. You also <laughs> went through a back road. You didn't go yeah. through the main uh, entry point, I believe. Yeah, it was a, because you weren't. You didn't go through El Salvador. Uh, you didn't go through San Salvador, the main city. No, right? no. You had gone through a back road in the countryside. We did right. because we were heading towards northern part of El Salvador, right. where is the coffee region. Right. Um, there's this. There's an area called. Um, let me see. I need to pull it up. Uh, but it was really just interesting because we just. Honestly, I was there as a guest of my friends. So whatever she said we were doing, that's where I was going. I wasn't thinking anything had, else. And she had suggested that you guys stay at a nice uh, lake house. Yes. That was, what was the name of that lake that seemed to have a very nice view to it? It was such a beautiful, big, big, big um, lake. Uh, Lago, it's Lago Cuatepeque. Cuatepeque. Yeah. It has an indigenous name to it. It does. Right? And it's got a beautiful scenery to it. Such a gorgeous place. But the reason why we traveled there was because we were going through La Ruta de las Flores, mm -hmm. which is a very unique yeah. area with a lot of coffee plantations, right. by the way. A right. lot. So you you really enjoy the coffee out there in El Salvador. Uh, right? I think it's probably right. the best coffee I've ever had. Yeah. And you know we've had Turkish coffee, right. we've had Cuban coffee. You and I, right. I mean, you're not well, a coffee drinker, right. but you will try it. No, with I, I me. appreciate quality. Yeah. I appreciate you know stuff that has. Uh, and I told you it's sort that, of that like test, that can last you know through time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and the preparation just reminded me so much of how they prepare wine, yeah. because the way they store it, the way they roast it, the right. prep, just the different the process, process right, gives you the different aromas, gives you the different taste, the flavors. Mm -hmm. I guess you've been learning about wine, so right. I think you. No, I have an appreciation. You have an appreciation for, right. for how the different for. preps. And when we would go to the coffee houses, they would say, "Oh, this coffee comes from the north, or this coffee comes from the south." Right. Right. Which means they were different, you right. know, in terms of climate, right. water, terrain, right. right? All of those things right. that we've been learning about wine, which is something that it's I'm a, learning through you as well. Thing, right? I know, it's as they say, the coffee is always about the beans, right? So, it is about the beans, beans. yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we just learned that on the curriculum. It's all about the beans. Yeah. So we went through the th a town called Ataco, which right. is amazing, gorgeous, and um. So did you come across any, some of the issues that they have in El Salvador and Guatemala that, that, that is the basis for this influx of immigration is yes. climate change, right? And there seems to be a, a drought in those countries, particularly in El Salvador, that is, that, that is driving uh, local mom and pop farm, farmers yeah. to the sun. Did you come across any of the folks talking about that or suffering that plight? Well, you know, what I've discovered and when I went through some of those plantations was that they've conducted some, uh, they've been doing some adaptations right. in terms of what sorts of things are able to grow and where they can grow them. I think the government now has really stepped in and in helping them maybe supply some more of the water or maybe supply, um, you know, bet permits, right. you know, because back in the day right. during the civil war, a lot of that was taken from them. Sure. I learned a lot of that through my friend and, you know, giving it back to the people and allowing the people that entrepreneurial spirit so right. that they can create that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, you go through some areas that are very, you know, very poor, 
And you kind of think, you know, well, you know, if you're living here and you have the opportunity to go to America or maybe family in America. But I think there's a bigger push now going on. And it's something I sensed. Obviously, this is all anecdotal just for me and my observations that they're really trying to create something really special there so that the people there want to stay Mm -hmm. and make that country amazing and beautiful and right. bring it back yes, from right. those times. Right. I mean, Yaneth, my friend was talking about, you know, driving when she was leaving, when she left as a little girl and driving through the roads and having, you know, buses just go over people that are on the roads that right. were killed through right. different militias, different yeah. factions yeah. that existed in that time. I think, you know, a lot more right. about that than I do. And some of the names and that sort of thing and more <laughs> of the history. But I think what people don't realize in this country is that a lot of that stuff was, um, you know, promoted or right. or not promoted, but um, instigated by right. bigger countries right. like the United States. Yeah, right. Yeah, corporations. Corporations, right. you know, that went in there and exploited right. a lot of the natural right. resources as right. well. And that eventually led to those military juntas. That eventually led to the, yeah. to those smaller uh, street gangs and stuff like that. So, so overall, you, you seem to have a great time. You felt it was safe amazing. there. I right. felt safe. Right. The food was fantastic. The coffee was amazing. The small towns were just like you find in other South American and Central American and Mexican small towns Mm -hmm. in different parts of the Latin world, right? I mean, they they had the same vibe. It wasn't any, it wasn't any uh, different or Mm -hmm. less, was dangerous or less security. Listen, people say, don't go to Mexico. There's a lot of uh, gang violence in Mexico, but it really just depends on where you go and and how you conduct yourself in those places. Obviously don't try to stand out. Obviously don't try to, you know, drive around in crazy expensive cars. Just really have a good sense of where you're going and what you're encountering. And I think honestly, honey, the way you and I travel, we always visit, and we always come in with a sense of, I want to absorb right. you and I want to immerse, be a, yourself immerse in the culture. yourself. Right. I want to be a part of it. I want right. you to to see me as your visitor because right. I'm interested in your country. But, I, but you also want to feel like a local too. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 And that's how I felt. And right. I would encourage anyone that has any questions, right. you know, to really, really give it a go. And, and for those folks that have an issue with, mm-hmm. with, uh, people from El Salvador or Guatemala or other in other parts of Mexico coming to the United States, the best way to solve that issue is to contribute to them economically, Absolutely. whether it's the help by the federal government mm-hmm. or it's out of your own pocketbook. If you don't like it and you like to travel somewhere, go down there, spend your money in those countries, feed the locals, yeah. create the businesses, don't give them a re- don't give them a reason or a need to yeah. leave because they obviously are very prideful people. They are, uh, they love yes. their countries and, just like any of us as human beings, nobody wants to uproot themselves if they don't have to. They're exactly. all forced to do it. And we're all one big global community. And if everybody if everybody was to just kind of pitch in a little bit, you would probably solve the problems without having to resort to any kind of political vitriol. Right. And I think if if, pe- if more people in this country open themselves up to traveling to places right. where they maybe fear a little bit just because they don't know and they're not, it's not their comfort zone, right. I think they would be surprised right. to discover you have a lot in common with the people down there. Right, exactly. You know, I met moms who would do anything for their boys. Right. I have two boys. I would do anything for yes, my boys. Exactly. Um, you would mean fathers. Who are working, right. you know, day and night right. to provide for their families, just like fathers here in this country. Right. I mean, imagine taking a little drive, a little ride right. 
to a place that you've probably never encountered, never would have thought about because you have this perceived notion in your head that it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, I've never understood people that decided to take the same trips, going to the same places all the time, especially the folks that decide that they want to go somewhere that reminds them of home. The yeah. idea of taking a trip is to get outside yes. of your of your everyday grind, but why go back into that grind or to that atmosphere that re- resembles that grind is always been mind boggling to me. I know, I know, <laughs> and and you know, I think I think it's because um, fear, right? And fear is such a super riding right. emotion that sure. overrides a lot of logic, right. a lot of heart. I think fear is what leads a lot of people to hate right. to be um not curious right. about you right. know what what's um what's really beautiful and unique and, and sure. special about so many so for me like going to these little central american countries um discovering them and figuring them out for myself just makes me so happy because it really does cement right. for me the idea that we're all global human we beings and right. we're all and we all think about the we yes, all, we all, we all love do, we all love each other and we all do the same things as everybody else just like you had mentioned mm-hmm. parents care for their kids they, they want their best for their families everybody has a tight-knit clan it's it's not any different than anywhere mm-hmm. else in the world you could go to the poorest countries like india and you could say right. the nicest thing to some of the poorest people you meet on the planet and you'll get a smile you get a thank you you'll get you know, you get good customer service, you know, they'll they'll take you around, they're very prideful. And it's like that everywhere. And so to think that there's you know mm-hmm. only exists here, it's just mm-hmm. that's not the case. We're all we're all in this together. So I know you're a big you're our planner. Obviously, I don't plan any of the trips. <laughs> <laughs> all I do is it, work, it, it works like out that way. I'm a little bit of a control freak, and Elisa likes to Lisa hey. reminds me a little bit of my mom. She likes to just kind of go along for the ride. She I'm likes like, to be pampered the, and did you call me the queen of convenience? Yeah, the queen of convenience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'll just ask you, okay, so what's the weather like? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty I'm much it. Packing. But, okay, let's just say you're tra- – you're, let's just give our listeners a little bit of how you, for example, go about um, researching a country right. where you're wanting to go. Right. So it comes from a few different factors. One is I used to, my father used to have a travel agency in the 1990s. Yeah. So I got to learn, you know, before the internet took off, I got to learn a lot about the world from other people's travels. And, and then of course you have other sources these days, there's the internet and you, you kind of subscribe to a few different publications Mm -hmm. online or magazines Mm -hmm. and there's a, Hey, there's an idea. Mm -hmm. I've always liked that place, but this is kind of a better way to, you know, to travel to a destination right like that. Uh, you know, there's, there's just, I mean, you've kind of, people just hear, you know, China's a good place to go to, you know, Cuba just opened up. That's another place that we didn't talk about. And Cuba is a very underrated, underappreciated, under-traveled destination. It was great when Obama had opened it up. Now Trump decided to close it. I mean, it's the same thing like going to Mexico and it's actually really cool because you get to go back in time. Right. You get to see the cars from the 1950s and 60s. You get to see human ingenuity, how they, how they survive on, you know, being blockaded. Uh, by their own government, obviously by, you know, foreign governments. And it's just a different kind of experience mm-hmm. than going to, mm-hmm. let's say, Disney World or whatever. Yeah. And not the same thing about Disney World. It's an amazing place as well. But it's just the, the essence of traveling is experience. And Cuba is a different kind of experience. So it should, you should definitely go there. It's just, you know, and obviously just reading, you know, books, history, you politics. You do your research. I, do I know that you research, do your right? research, yeah. And you just come across, you know, uh, 
you come across, you know, something that you're reading about and all of a sudden that country pops up. I said, hey, you know what? That's a really cool place to go to. And so you just, you know. It, and then I think what you do is you also, before you you book anything or before you book any flights, right. I know that you research it, you look at it, you right. look if we need visas, right, right. you look to see if, um, if yeah, the, flights are right. going to be. I look at TripAdvisor, you start getting reviews, you start, you know, yeah. listening to other people that have been there before you. That's obviously a good tip. Yeah, you look at the visas, and then you obviously have to look at the logistics. You know, yes. we're a little, we're a little spoiled. We don't like to take too many plane changes, so I try to find routes that or destinations that you can go with maybe a maximum of one plane change. Of course, that always doesn't work. Yeah, out. or direct flights but, are our favorite. Uh, the, the direct flights are favorite, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you can't. You know, you can't fly everywhere direct. And uh, you know, you start you start reaching out to the locals, you to the hotels, you send them a few emails, you ask some questions. You look online, somebody recommends something off something like TripAdvisor, and then you look out. I check it out on a map. I, I calculate the distances and make it all kind of logistically efficient. And then you, uh, then, uh, you kind of, kind of put, put the whole thing together and kind of make it work. And then finally, if you're going to a place that's a good idea to have a tour company do it mm -hmm. for you, for example, like South Africa, yes. which is kind of hard to do to see a safari without a tour company mm -hmm. because you need to get onto you know, these little Jeeps they have to go see the animals. And that's kind of all almost like monopolized through them. They, yeah. you know, and you don't want to obviously do that on your own. You want the professionals going yeah. out there, unless yeah. you're local and you've been out there. It's mm -hmm. one thing you live in South Africa, yeah. but yeah. if you're, you're not, not encountering a lion on your own. So there's, there's, you know, there's certain trips you can do on your own and there's certain trips you, you should probably hire a tour company and let them handle it for you. And it's probably worth the money because mm -hmm. you probably get the best bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I, I know that we've decided that we will find a local guide once right. we get there because right. we just figured yeah, some, that might be easier. Like for right. Brazil, you know, we're heading to Brazil and we figured, you know, since we're going to be in Rio, we might want to just right. find a local guide right. and they can take us to the places that, you know, yeah, right. they it's know. Just, we're going. It's just a little more convenient yeah. that way. You pay a little extra, but then you don't have to look for taxi or Uber or pay the exorbitant rates that some hotels will charge you to get you into town. And you just, you know, and they're the locals and they know where it's all. They know where everything is. They can recommend the cool restaurants, the cool bars. Yeah. They can get you in on some of the, on the attractions. Yeah. Uh, they'll advise to you how to. Underground, un some un stuff that nobody right. knows. No, and I think right. one thing we do, we do right. ask them is to take us where the, where the right. non-tourists right. are going. And, and, and the way to, here's the secret. The way to do that is to befriend your tour guide. If you show them that you have true interest, you have true interest in their in their culture, their country, because everywhere else that we've ever been yeah. around, there's one common theme of all tour guides. They love their country. This is this is <laughs> what drives people to be a tour guide. They're very prideful. Thank they're you. very into their country. And so if you if you research and do a little history and a little backup, maybe of current events or, or in the past, right. and you start discussing it with them, then they know that they're not you're not kind of you know just there for fun, you're there for fun and some. Yeah. And then they'll kind of start taking you to places that typically they don't take other, you know, clients of theirs. One example is for example, we were in Israel and mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a big Middle Eastern history buff and I started quizzing and and Asking the the tour guide all kinds of questions about the current situation, the history, and all that kind of stuff. He, you know, not to brag, but he was amazed. And all of a sudden, we yeah, started getting yeah. into. We got to go see Yasser Arafat's grave. You know, we got we got through Ramallah, and you couldn't do all that with, uh, you know, just he wasn't going to take somebody with you if you were just there for fun. He he knew that you appreciated. You were not coming down here yeah. just for fun. You wanted to come down here to learn something, and that's I think how you get 
to the secret places that you probably wouldn't get to. Yeah. Befriend the tour guide. No. Befriend the tour guides. Right. I think it's so good that be nice to them. Yeah. No, and I think it's part of um a part of the of the of the travel um adventure right. you know just to have yeah, those yeah. little tips but we're going to give a little bit more um in another podcast we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those little tips that we can give people i know people always ask me like how do you travel with kids you know how do you um you know manage to leave a business behind right. and go and do what you want to do the other thing that people are always asking is how can you afford it right. so <laughs> those are questions that, that we're going to get to um in other different podcasts because there's so many yeah. different ideas that we have about that we've been traveling for 20 years that um just wanted to talk about how I just loved and experienced the most wonderful trip with my girlfriends. Um, Rusk and I, uh, in 20 years, never really take any trips away from each other. But I think this was one that I was, you know, really, really um, interested in doing and taking my girlfriends. And we even did right. a photo shoot, by and the you, way. And you had just recently <laughs> closed your store and you yeah. needed to get away. Yeah, and, uh, and you knew and, I was right. not in the right state, state of, of mind. mind. Right. You know, that store meant a lot to you. And, it did, and, yeah. And uh, we didn't just we just didn't have anything in, in the in the books to yeah. be traveling somewhere. So I knew it was important for you to kind it of was. get a and change that's, of scenery. And that's why I love you so much. Thank you so much for right. being on my podcast today, hon. I really appreciate it. And you're gonna be a part of it from now on because I really uh, am gonna tap into you. You have to pay me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, that's fine. Right. That's fine. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. You'll get your payment, hon. Don't, uh, worry. Don't you worry about I'll that. I'll take other forms of payment. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. And so, guys, please um, just uh, let us know what you think. And if you have any questions, please reply. I'm also going to be posting on my social media um, at think uh, underscore chick. If you want to go in there and see my Instagram, please uh, f send me questions. I love, love, love sharing what I know and what I've done. And um, like I said, you know, it's been 20 years of business travel and style and any of those questions, I'm more than happy to answer for you. Rusk and I are here to, you know, give you guys what we have. And I don't think there's any reason why we should just keep it all to ourselves. You guys can have 